Hey, it's Tony. On today's show, we will talk to Taylor Twellman about Lionel Messi. We will also talk to the quintessential American sports writer, Mr. Bob Ryan. But first, commerce. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. Do you think he would have put the tooth back? Oh, he told me it was a live tooth. Do you think he would have put that tooth back? I don't. I, 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 what are you going to do? Glue it back? Maybe. I don't know. But I, I think once it breaks off, it's, you know. It's history. That's it. I'm just yeah. surprised I mean, you didn't put it underneath your pillow for the tooth fairy. I mean, that was a lost opportunity for some cash. If I put it underneath my pillow, the dog would have eaten it. <laughs> she would have stuck her snout in there, and the dog would have eaten it. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. All righty, I got no open. You know, I didn't pay attention to anything that happened last night. I know the NBA. I didn't pay attention to the NBA because, let's face it, Wilbon is going to hijack the show and we're going to do all NBA stories. So, And and, and however many minutes we have per story, he's going to take 85% because that's what he loves. He loves the NBA. Yes. I don't really it's have a great to be day prepared. for you. Yeah, I don't have to be prepared at all. I go, oh, and then he'll do <laughs> another 30 seconds. Really? Oh, okay. He got it right, though, last night. He got it right. Um, oh, yes, he, he did. had Caitlin Clark losing. Yeah, he did. And they lost to Indiana, I believe. He, got, he had gotten yeah, one Indiana. right the day before. I forgot what he got right. But he got, he's on a hot streak now. He's on an Ovechkin heater right now. <laughs> That's right. Because he's got two in a row. He usually gets these things wrong. But he had two in a row. Um, I admire that. One of the, I will say this, that, that one of the stories that we did yesterday, the story that I thought was the most impactful. Not not about Nick Saban. And you all know how I feel about Nick Saban. Um, Nick Saban wants to make college football better, and I'm sure he's sincere. And Wilbon loves every single word that he has said about the transfer portal, about the NIL money, about all of this. Wilbon was adoring of Nick Saban yesterday. What I said was, much of what he says is fine, my problem isn't the message. My problem is the messenger. Um, I don't trust the sincerity of Nick Saban. Uh, I think that when Nick Saban says he's for the players, he may be for the players, but he's more for the coaches. And that's understandable. He hasn't been a player in 50 years. He's been a coach all this time. He has seen the new world order in coaching drive him out of coaching, drive Mike Krzyzewski out of coaching, Jim Beheim out of coaching, Roy Williams out of coaching, because these people that have been titans for 30 years coaching, they don't really understand the NIL, and they don't really understand the transfer portal, and they don't really want to play under these rules. Younger people will play under these rules because their entire lives in coaching are ahead of them, and these are going to be the rules until the rules change. But the old order for people like Saban and Krzyzewski and Bayheim and Williams, you know, they can leave. They go, okay, I don't really want to do this anymore. So, I mean, my distrust is, is Saban. I've always, I've said this a million times. Saban and Urban Meyer. I'm not, I'm not a big fan. Saban lied to my face. Uh, it was Monday Night Football. It's a long time ago. Saban was coaching the Miami Dolphins, and we were in a meeting, he and I. Maybe the producer, maybe one or two other people, but it was him and me. We were talking. And I just said, can you just cat? There was a lot of talk in the Miami region that he was going to leave and take the Alabama job. You got to remember that Nick Saban had won a national championship at LSU. That's right. Prior to that, he'd been a really good college coach at Michigan State prior to that. And it was a get 
for the Miami Dolphins that he went and coached their team. And he was not happy, and I think it was his second year, and he didn't seem to be happy. And I said, can you just categorically tell me? Yes, we're on in two days. Can you just categorically tell me right now that you're not taking the Alabama job? And he said, I'm not, not taking it. He took it three days later. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that stuck with me for a lot of years. Yeah. And um, so I am, I am distrustful of Nick Saban, which is not to say I'm distrustful of his messages. Again, it's messenger, not the messages. Uh, he's, he thinks it's bad that people in college football jump from school to school to school like little bugs, and they don't really prepare themselves for a career outside of the NFL. And he's right. He's 100% right. My pushback would be when you recruited people to Alabama, you said, you know, you can get to the NFL from Alabama. You didn't say, we got a great med school here. You might want to sign up. You didn't say that. So, you know, but Wilbon loves them, and, and, and so that's okay. So I, I heard you guys doing this story yesterday, and I actually put this in a similar camp to the Patino story, and you think about yes. the fact that there's no yes. partnership between schools, teams, and players. And for so many years on that coach's side, it was the university taking advantage of That's the right. workforce and of the players. And now that market An is flipped. An unpaid labor force. Right, and you see, how, you see how quickly you see the effects of some of those coaches aging out or, or you know opting out of this. And in some ways, I feel like that appeal from Saban should be to the market and to us as the viewers trying to say, maybe there's a way that these NIL deals or that these expectations can change. And there's greater incentives or rewards to try and build some of these teams or to try and stay within programs. But that still means that the university has to be involved in that in some way or else you just have an outside That's what of he wants. the ecosystem, That's right. you know, semi-pro league. That's uh, what but Saban I feel like wants. those contracts will get tighter and tighter where now you've had so much money rush into this. And now you're going to have these second, third generation deals that might be a little bit uh, tighter and involve everyone. I, I, I think he's probably right. He basically wants compensation to go to the players from the schools. The dicey area there is then the players become employees of the schools. And then that figures in the school's budget. And then they have to lay off real employees, you know, because they don't have enough money. to. So, I mean, it, it, it'll... It'll work itself out, but Wilbon's point is that it won't work itself out in the immediate future because it's insane because college football boosters like Wilbon are insane. And if there is no rules, they will walk around with 20s and just hand them indiscriminately to people all over the place. I mean, and he's probably right about that. Thank you for mentioning the Patino story because that was a story that, that I thought was, was a better story because Rick Patino said X on Friday – came back and said X on Saturday and then said Y on Wednesday, <laughs> right. you know, or Thursday. What I, what I really meant. Yeah, and then he completely reversed course. And the question was, what, what does his complete reversal say to you? And I, you know, I praised the apology because, look, I know Rick Pitino a long time, and I do like Rick Pitino, but I could not defend calling his players out by name and saying they stunk and saying it's the – least enjoyable year of his life. It's your first the facilities. Year yeah, the facilities stink. Everybody knows the facilities at St. John's stink. The, the school's 200 years old. Come on, stop. So the question was, what do you think happened? And I prefaced my answer by saying, look, Mike, has, Mike you have more familiarity with this than me because you are the product of a Catholic school education. Rick Pitino went to St. Dominic's on Long Island. Rick Pitino um, coached at Providence, Coached at Iona. Rick Pitino is the product of a Catholic background, of course. Um, and I thought that the good brothers and fathers at St. John's University in Queens, New York, said something to him. Said, hey, it's no good. This is not what we do. We're bigger and better than this. We took you in. We let you steward one of the great historic basketball programs in the country. Don't embarrass us by doing this and don't embarrass yourself. And then I felt that Rick Pitino probably sat down with himself and said, I could lose this job. I don't want to lose this job. My last shot. And I can win from here because you can win from there. Mm -hmm. St. John's, you, you can, you can win from Georgia, Georgetown. Not now, but you did and you could again and you can from St. John's. Not winning the, I don't know if they won a national championship, but Karnaseka got to the final four. Yeah, yeah. So you can win there. But Mike said, no, he thought it was just reflection on Patino's part. 
And maybe it was, but boy, oh boy, if it was reflection on Patino's part, I think Patino would have said, I've been reflecting on this and. And I didn't hear that. I heard uh, I was wrong. And it sounded, Michael, didn't it sound to you? You've been a teacher. Didn't it sound to you like somebody in the teaching profession? That's a top-down message. That yes. or he was walking through the, uh, the grill room at Wingfoot and just heard the chatter around him. Yeah. So, but I, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I thought somebody said something to him. And then we were, I was talking to Kelleher before the show, and, and I used what Matt said. Um, he said, somebody's got to tell Rick Pitino it's not 1987 anymore. You know, and this is, I'm tying it into Saban in the way that, Michael, you tied Patino into Saban. There's a new world order in coaching. Kids are not simply grateful that you gave them a scholarship. It doesn't work that way anymore. They want money. They want compensation. They want playing time. They want to be their own boss. They want to say to a coach, you are not the boss of me. And Rick Patino may not, I'm sure he understands this, he may not want to participate in this. He may not want to. I don't think that Mike Krzyzewski didn't get it. I think he didn't want to participate in it. Yeah. He wanted to participate in getting guys who would be one and done. He was okay with that. He changed his tune with that. He just didn't want to participate in this, and I understand that. And Patino may not want to, but with social media now, every single kid playing basketball in America has seen Patino's original clip. And is saying to himself, do I want to play for this guy? <laughs> do I want to play for this guy? Right? Doesn't that make sense to you? Yeah. No, it's, so. it's, <clears throat> and not that he doesn't know that, but I still think there's this, this thing in the back of people's heads, like, I said that that was yesterday and now we've moved on, you know, but it lives forever, you know? Well, that's what happens. Yeah. That's what happens. One more Mis- thing. Mistakes were made. Yes. Mistakes, mistakes were, were made. made. <laughs> One more thing for those of you who are clinging in an illusory sense to the fact that the Washington Wizards should be allowed to play basketball in the NBA. (laughs) They lost again last night in Denver. Apparently, Nikola Jokic had a triple-double where he missed no shots from the floor. And that was, he has now had a triple-double against every single team, every franchise he's ever played against in the NBA. That's pretty good. He's pretty good. And they were up by a million at one point, right? I think they were up by a lot. The Wizards have not gotten to double digits in wins, have the they? The Wizards are now, if I do the math correctly, 9-46 and 46 and have lost 21 of the last 26 games. Oh. Now, you can make an excuse and you can say they're trying to lose because they want the first-round pick. Well, who, who's out there? Is, did I miss something? Did Wembenyama take a, take a COVID year <laughs> in France? He's coming out again? I don't think so. So I don't know who they're going to get. And they benched Jordan Poole. And this should, this should surprise no one. Because if you remember, when Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole, nobody on the team said, well, Jordan Poole's a good guy. What they said was he shouldn't have punched him. But they, didn't, they had no sympathy for Jordan Poole. None. And he brought that to Washington, and now he's been benched. Am I wrong on this one, Michael? No, 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 not at all. Yeah, so. Just hadn't considered that. They didn't say he's a good guy. No. Yeah, it just shouldn't have punched him. Yeah. Right. It's a distinction. All right, uh, we'll take a break. We're, we're going to do soccer. You, you didn't watch what? the NASA live feed? No, what is, what happened? No, no, you didn't see, uh, you didn't see Odysseus land on its new home? Odie? So no, new, uh, new moon no I couldn't even see the moon last night. It was occluded. Well, maybe because Odie was uh, blocking it. Yeah. What is Odie? Odysseus? Odyssey? Yes. Odysseus? Odysseus. Yeah, avoided the sirens, finally made it home. It's, so he's on the moon? He's <laughs> yeah, on the moon? This is, yes. This Did he is, bring uh, golf balls like the last guys? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think Charlie Woods would be looking for them up there. Charlie oh. Woods? Yeah, tough 86. round. 86. Tough round. I understand, Michael, he had one particularly discouraging hole. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a 15-year-old high school kid. I don't want to harp too much on it. But, yeah, he, he had some issues with the driver. Um, I think the collective golfing world needs to calm down a little bit and understand that he's still just a kid. And it's maybe kid. let's not, let's not bring him, our grandchildren out to follow him up and down the fairways asking him to sign books. Don't put him in this. Let him beat the people his own age first, like his dad did. Yeah. Don't put him in this. He's 15. If he's 18... Different story. 
15. I'm, right, Michael? Don't put him in this. Uh, I do have a lot of respect. The kid signed his scorecard. It's always tough to put that number next to your name, especially right. when your last name is Woods. Woods. Right. Uh, so that's a learning experience, but it does. Unless it's Rosemary Woods. Yeah. <laughs> it does be become easy. a lot harder to accept any other, you know, any invitations or special exemptions yes. going forward because this does, this does have a tail. Yeah. Yeah, Tyler Tw- Taylor Twelman. When we return, we hope we're not sure. No, he's, we hope that'd be con- great. He's confirmed. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a band called Jaunt. This is a new single called Holding On To You. It comes from Chris Monty, who's Canadian-based little. It says, my niece's husband band, Jaunt, has released this new single. Since you've featured their songs previously on your show, I'm hoping you can do us the honor, and you know he's Canadian because it's H-O-N-O-U-R, <laughs> of featuring their new song on the show. Jaunt's music can be found in all the usual places, Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Thanks in advance for supporting this Canadian alternative pop band, as well as independent musicians in general, which we're happy to do. And they play in Taylor Twelman. And I know so little about soccer that I always try, you know, to, to discourage it from PTI if, it, if we're going to go into depth. If we're going to go superficial, I'm as superficial as anybody in the world. I'm good at that. But Taylor Twelman is not superficial. The soccer is what he did and soccer is what he does. And, and the worldwide draw of Lionel Messi is actually astounding to me. It's much greater... That we don't have a heavyweight champion anymore that means anything, and it's much greater than, than LeBron James, and it's much greater than Shohei Otani. It's unbelievable. In the last six or seven months since Messi got to MLS, how many games of his have you seen, Taylor? Uh, probably 20. Off the top of my head, Tony, probably 25, maybe 26. I've, I've called 23 of them, right? Uh, yeah. So I would say over 20. And you're calling these on Apple, right? It's yep, on Apple yep, TV. On Apple TV, MLS and, season pass, yep. Yeah, and, and, and Lionel Messi is probably personally responsible for hundreds of millions of dollars flowing into Apple. Would you say that? That's fair to say, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think you're talking millions of subscribers, right? At, yeah. at the level by which he operates. And I think you, your intro into this, Tony, is fantastic. He's Taylor Swift in sports. That's yeah. what he is. Yeah, and I don't and think anyone fully understands it. And the best the best story I can tell you is at every game I've done of his, there's twenty thousand people in the parking lot to see the bus that is driving Lionel Messi. They're not they're not even going to the game. He is he's a worldwide star. I mean, because soccer is played everywhere, it's not played here to the degree that it's played everywhere. 
but hit not only his stardom, and Wilbon hates marketing people, but the genius who came up with the pink shirt, mm-hmm. right? The yep. pink shirt. You never, never in a million years. What do you mean pink? And now everybody wants that shirt. I, I mean, I, I have questions about him. You played soccer. You know soccer. How much does he have left from, from the peak of his career as a player? How close is he to that? I mean, Tony, it's amazing. He's at his peak, um, but he's an anomaly, similar to the way Tom Brady kind of looked at Father Time and shut the door right. on him. Right. A little bit longer. Uh, it's interesting. I played against Lionel Messi in 2007. Uh, it was in Copa America, United States against Argentina. And it was on a team that had some of the biggest names in the world. And yet even them, the Hernan Crespos, the Zanettis, the Verons, all of those players on Argentina already revered to this young kid. And oh. you knew it then, and you know it now. The way he carries himself the way he um, portrays himself to his teammates, to the competitors. It's always with respect. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. Tony, he went in Fort Lauderdale. You're going to love this story. He gets to Fort Lauderdale. They're getting into the season. They're in League's Cup. You and I, did. we had a conversation That's during right. that time in July of right. last year, right. and he wants a haircut. He goes to the best barber shop that he heard, asking people at the gas station and whatnot. He walks in with his two sons, and he sat down and waited in line. He waited in line to get his hair cut. I don't <laughs> I mean, even it, do that. He, <laughs> what? Tony, I don't even do that either, buddy. Uh, it, it, there's a level of humility that is very rare. So when you ask me, is he at his peak? Sure, he is. But I will be stunned if he doesn't play in the 2026 World Cup for Argentina in this country. Oh, and that's that's two years from now. So he'd be thirty-eight then. Well, how yeah. old? How old is thirty-eight for most soccer players? And I give you, I give you, he's Brady. But for most soccer players, is thirty-eight the end of the line? Oh, ninety-nine point four percent of players are done by the time they're thirty-three, thirty-four. Oh, but okay. but, but Tony, I, I, that's in general. I think you and I could probably do an entire podcast about sports science and how. Everything's evolving. Look at LeBron. Look at these athletes, Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, they're spending so much money on it. They're kind of defying father's time. But normally, normally, in the last 15, 20 years, you're done when you're. Th- it's a lot like tennis. Yeah. 33, 34, you're kind of done. Were you in Hong Kong for the Inter Miami tour? Did you broadcast that? Were you there we for were, that? We were supposed to go, and then, uh, and then Apple, I think, made the right decision. So we did the Saudi Arabia games and the rest of the preseason from the United States just off to okay. off monitor. Well, so let me, I, I should ask this. What did you make of the Hong Kong thing? What did you, I mean, he doesn't play in the game. They yep. have to refund money to people who buy tickets. There's a larger and a smaller issue here. And the smaller issue, of course, is not playing in the game. A guy gets hurt, something happens. It's probably not load management like Kawhi Leonard. But the larger issue is the way that people revere this guy around the world. Because nobody's going to see Inter Miami in Hong Kong. Stop. They're going to see Messi, right? Yeah. I mean, Tony, think about it. This is the first preseason an MLS team has ever had a preseason like this, 23,695 miles traveled, (laughs) and they literally went around the world. Now, they're coming to see Messi, make no mistake about it, but there's also Suarez, Alba, Busquets. He brought three of his best friends from Barcelona. So there becomes this little bit, and I think for your listeners, this super team aspect to this. Now, there's never been an athlete that, fluctuates the GDP of a, of a nation like Lionel Messi. And so yeah. you're going to ask me about Hong Kong and, and why they're refunding and all that. That's because he single-handedly can change the economy for that 24 to 72 hours that he's in your country. He did it at the Adidas stores. You saw all the pictures. But I find it absolutely ridiculous on the smaller scale that you are questioning whether or not when literally the training before that he jogged around and literally he, he wasn't right. I spoke to – we uh, just did their opening game Wednesday night. Tony, I, I, I literally asked him through the translator, and he's still working on the, the, his inside of his right leg. It's not right. He, he was dealing with something, and that's a risk. However, 
the larger scale conversation is how many countries are funding a game to bring him yeah. over because that's the guy that can change your GDP for one single day. So, and 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 the the, the jeopardy here is for him. It's yes. for him. If he's hurt, I mean, everybody wants him to play. Is there an obligation to tell the people he's not going to play? Does he feel an obligation to go out there and play? Because if you further aggravate a, a pain and it becomes a real injury, then there's a difference there. That costs you a lot of time. Yeah, I mean, Tony, that's the best conversation that we can have. Is Could you imagine, since he's been 17, 18, and told he's the next best player of all time, or maybe the best player of all time, to then feel obligated where he's probably playing 60-some-odd games every year. Tony, that's hard. And then when you know Adidas and a few other sponsors, you single-handedly are going to change the stock price if you don't play in this game, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. There's an unbelievable story, Tony, and documentary out about the 98 Brazilian World Cup team in France and Ronaldo. He was the original Ronaldo, and the pressure he had. He had a torn knee, and Nike and Brazil shot him up to get out there. He never recovered. So, like, so what you're asking me is something I have always been in. What is Lionel Messi if he's exhausted and he can barely walk? He knows the next 48 hours he's got to fly 10,000 miles to go play in a friendly for Inter-Miami, for Major League Soccer, for Adidas, for all of this. I, it, that's unlike any pressure you and I will ever feel. So, no, I, I agree with that. I, I agree it, with it's that. Hard, it's hard to wrap my head around it. I do think there's a responsibility to be transparent. However, as an athlete, you may feel fine, and 18 hours later, you may feel like an absolute nightmare how do you judge that how do you handle that i'm assuming taylor i'm assuming that in his life his number one priority in soccer is to play for his country right would we agree on that yeah yeah it's always been for argentina but there's been moments there tony where he's been before he turned this corner around age 33 34 he was not like he. He was always revered as number two behind Diego Maradona, and so right. he, it always hasn't been this perfect marriage because he left when he was thirteen. He left Argentina and went to Barcelona in Spain, and there were even rumors out there that he was thinking about at a young age playing for Spain. That's how they, there was a real anger from the Argentinian community that that man left and went to Spain at such a young age. So he's playing for them whenever they call now. I, I'll get you out of here on this. It's, I, I wonder about this, and, and you have expertise in, in what soccer life is like. Did he know what he signed up for with this yeah, MLS thing? Absolutely, he did. Yes, he did. Absolutely. But I want, to make the, I want to make this abundantly clear for your listeners because it's important. This is not the first tour he's ever had to go on like this. Barcelona used to do it in Asia, and they changed their entire value of their club the moment Lionel Messi and Barcelona, Barcelona, top five, seven clubs in the world and, and in the history, started to tour in preseasons Asia to build that brand. He's always been this. Argentina was immediately going to China in March to play two friendlies, Tony. Those have been canceled now because of the Hong Kong fiasco. Right. He's always done this. So it's not as if inner Miami and MLS all of a sudden took him on this tour for the first time ever. He's done 17, 18 preseason tours of over 30,000 miles in those yeah. tours. So, so he's, he's a worldwide brand, right, Taylor? He he's a worldwide brand. Oh, he like could show up by himself and play the Hong Kong national team 11 against one, and he would sell out that stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for being on. We hope to do it again. Thank you, Taylor. Yep. Great hearing your voice, pal. Taylor Twelman, he's out in Los Angeles. He's going to broadcast soccer games today and tonight. So that's cool. We'll take a break. Bob Ryan, the quintessential American sports writer, will join us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by John Peters, not that John Peters. The John Peters with Barbara Streisand 40 years ago, John Peters, a different. He says, attached is a song written and performed by my lovely wife, Nikki Peters, along with our friend Ben Lang, Wish You Were Here, is a song she wrote for another friend going through a difficult time. When she's not writing her own songs, Nikki heads up a group called Acts of Hope, playing music for free around the Orlando area, raising money for people in the community. Another one of our many charity efforts includes being married to this big dummy for over 20 years and putting up with me watching two bald guys yell at each other about sports on TV. She'll be at the 7th Annual Sanford Porch Fest on February 24th. Is that today or is that yesterday? I believe the 24th is tomorrow. That's tomorrow. You can find her music on Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud. Again, this is called Wish You Were Here. Michael, if people like Nikki Peters and Ben Lang want to send in original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. And she plays in Bob Ryan. And, and there's stories. There's Boston stories in the news, and they have to do with your favorite sports, basketball and baseball. And I'm going to start with baseball and Rafael Devers and what he said the other day. Because what he said, basically, it seemed to me, was start spending money, okay? <laughs> is, that, is that what he said? <laughs> right? He said that everybody knows what we need. And, and that, that's a, and everybody does know what they need, which is starting pitching. Pitching. To start with, pitching. Pitching, pitching, pitching. And uh, this was a very, this is groundbreaking. Raphael Devers has never uh, uh, asserted himself uh, in that way. He has never taken a, uh, any public stance. Uh, he now recognizes, oh, my God, I'm the last guy left from 2018. Yes. And yes. Uh, it, it, it has to be me. And, uh, and it's not in his nature but he is accepting this responsibility as the quote-unquote leader of the team. Uh, it, 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 was, it, it arched a lot of eyebrows up here because we weren't used to hearing it from him. He said what all of us, you know, all the fans, all the media are saying, but it was very refreshing to hear it from him. There are two pitchers out there who can help. Jordan Montgomery is a workhorse, mm-hmm. and Blake Snell has two Cy Youngs. They are unsigned. It's a lot of money because they're Boris clients. Are the Red Sox mm-hmm. in it with them? Uh, you wonder if they were interested. If they be, you know, the, the flip side is would they be remotely interested in the Red Sox other than other than the money? Uh, they have shown a disinclination to to spend that kind of money, particularly for Snell, I guess. Uh, uh, Montgomery would make perfect sense, and, and uh, it would probably come reasonably cheaper. Uh, and there's no reason why they shouldn't be trying to get him. Uh, uh, absolutely, but uh, you know, the, if, they, if they've all, everybody's had experience with Boris, you know, so they all know what they're in for. But of course, they should be making a bid for those guys. The Boston Red Sox were a very aggressive team financially for 20 to 30 years. The New York Yankees, Los Angeles Dodgers, the Boston Red Sox would be at the top of the charts. They finished last two years in a row in a division. That's a tough division. But last two years in a row mm. is not what the Boston Red Sox do. How is this being received? Very poorly. Now, let me just say one thing. This last thing, it's one thing if you finish last in an eight-team league, which it was until 1960, or a 10-team league, which it right. was. But last in a five-team, I don't care about last. Okay, so let's stop okay. with that. They're not, but they're not as good as the other teams. We know that. Um, this is being received very poorly, and and it'd be very interesting to see, you know, about attendance and ratings and all that uh, this year with them. Uh, but there's no doubt that no reasonable person can slot them higher than fifth in this division, given the nature of the other teams. No question. So, as you know, Matt Kelleher on the PTI show is a Boston native and a Red Sox fan and a Celtics fan and a Bruins fan and a Patriots fan. And what he told me the other day was that Red Sox fans look at, at the money that's being spent by the ownership. And the ownership group, my God, they spent so much money on the Red Sox for so many years. 
But now they're apparently involved in in English soccer and I think hockey and now golf. And that Red Sox fans are saying, well, what about us? Is that the general feeling in Boston? Absolutely, positively. When John Henry and his consortium purchased the Red Sox over 20 years ago, he was a, had been a minority owner of the Yankees. That, this was his big step into pro sports as the primary owner of the Boston Red Sox. And, and, and he was a, a childhood fan of listening to Harry Carey uh, in, in the farm in Arkansas, um, seriously, and, and had all this romanticism, uh, romantic ideas, and, and did, in fact, has done a great job in, in, in uh, you know, refurbishing Fenway Park. But anyway, that was his sole concern. Now... The portfolio includes, as you alluded, yeah. Liverpool, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Fenway Roush Racing. Uh, now that he's getting heavily involved in this golf world yeah. that, that's changing, and draft and betting. I, got, I forget which one of them. I don't pay attention. DraftKings, FanDuel, I don't know one of those things. Anyway, he's got involved in betting. And you ask a reasonable question. Where do the Red Sox rank in his, in his uh, pecking order uh, in this vastly expanded portfolio? And and he hasn't had a formal interview in a couple of years. Literally, he will. Uh, he's he's been shying away. And and Sam Kennedy, the boyhood friend of Theo Epstein, uh, who's back in the picture, as you know, um, yeah, uh, is, is is the guy that's stuck answering. You know, uh, all the have you stopped beating your wife questions that people keep asking about the Red Sox. Uh, it, people are very concerned about the drift of this franchise. It's very hard, though, to be sour on an ownership group that delivered the way they delivered for years to the Red Sox, right? Yes, and, and by the way, I, until very recently, Tony, was defending them on that basis. Hey, yeah. people, you know, you, we had four championships, most recently uh, 2018. It's been a glorious 21st century. The Red Sox were the gold standard for the first portion of the 21st century. Yes. Boston's yes. the luckiest city in America with the most championships in the 21st century, etc., 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 including four in one seven-year period in each of the four sports. Okay, anyway, uh, yes, but I'm tired of it now uh, because they're, they're, just isn't, they're not showing an inclination to, to, to compete at the, the way they should be, the way they should. And, but I did defend them for that. And, and you, it's, yes, you, we can't, we, we're much more fortunate than many men, you know, fill in the blank cities. It's not Dan but, Snyder. Uh, it's not Dan Snyder. You know, it's no, not Ted no, Leonsis trying to move the teams out of town. It's not that. No, it's so, not. We don't have any ownership right now. The, the yeah. Bruins, uh, the, for years and years and years, the Bruins were, viewed, Bruins were viewed as penny pinchers in the old days. But no, no more. No more. Uh, you know, the Patriots, well, that's a whole other story, the Patriots, we know that. And, yeah. and, uh, uh, and, and the Celtics uh, are, are highly competitive, obviously, and, and at the moment, with uh, and a group that's uh, had you know, pretty good success for over 20 years. Let me get to that. Let me get to the Celtics, because you can go back to the Bill Russell Celtics as a fan, as can I. I look at this Celtics team, I think they're really good. I think they should if all things break right, win the NBA championship. That's me. How do you see them comparatively to, you know, not necessarily the greatest Celtic teams, but the real good Celtics teams? How do you see them comparatively? They're right there. They have every ingredient that uh, they have touched the appropriate basis. Uh, right now, they're ideally constructed uh, to win a championship in that they, they have this talent that, Every level, they've got a quality center now. Uh, if, if such a thing exists, so they've got a big guy. They got a quality big. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Because now it's about generic bigs. No more five and four. Uh, these guys are bigs. Okay. They got a good one in Porzingis. He's better than I thought. They have a, a, a prime of life, high level star. I, I won't use that prefix that begins with S and ends with R, but uh, and Jason Tatum. They've got another fine acolyte of, uh, uh, all-star in Brown. They've got a quality, cerebral, uh, honorable backcourt in Holiday and White, who are absolute coaches' dreams because they, t they, 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 they do nothing but they, they, never, they don't ever make mistakes. And they've got enough depth in the young guys who can shoot the ball in Hauser and Pritchard or now. And the thing is this, Tony, Nobody under 25 plays on this team. They have no experience excuses at all. Uh, they, they, they are in the primes of their athletic lives. If, if they are a team for now, absolutely, there's no excuse. 
And they have people on edge here. They've got people that like what they're seeing, but they're wary because the flop against Golden State in that finals, the flop last year getting down 0-3 to Miami and not beating Miami, they're, they're weighing heavily on their mind. There's a lot of pressure on this team, and there's pressure on the young coach. That's what I wanted no to question. ask you. They've got everything. Do they have the coach? Do they have the coach? Well, <laughs> he's growing into the job. Remember, the, and for the extraordinarily rare mm-hmm. circumstance in which he got his job. He woke up on the money on the morning of September 21st, 2022, as, a, as a, an anonymous assistant, anonymous to the rest of us. I remember Joe Mazzola at, at West Virginia, and, and, but most people don't. Anyway, he, went, he woke up on the morning of the, uh, of the uh, 22nd uh, excuse me, uh, as the coach of the Boston Celtics. Uh, because his friend and, and, and mentor, if you will, uh, Amy Adoka, had lost his job. And, yeah. and he still won 57 games. The players liked him. The first person to come out with a public endorsement, oh, I love Joe, he's great, he's wonderful, we're going to love him, was Tatum. So when your best player is on your side, that's a good start in that league. And, but there were fingers pointed at him last year for his odd reluctance to call times out and a few other things. And, uh, but he's, he's coaching more conventionally now, and, and uh, he, he's outspoken. Uh, I mean, he's, he's speaking in a different manner to us this year, and, uh, and he's revealing himself as a, a, a rather cerebral uh, person. And, uh, and the players, uh, I think they want to play. I think they want to play for this guy. But you know, Tony, and I know that if they do not win and if there is no injury issue, and that's always number one for everybody, not just the Boston Celtics, the finger will be pointed at Joe Mazzola first. That's exactly right. Uh, uh, unless, you know, the, and, the, and the two young stars, uh, the all-stars, um, if they go out and they shoot 22% on threes, you know, in the playoffs, well, then, you know, they'll be there too. But believe me, it'll start with the coach. That's what I figured. All right, I'll get you out of here on this. It's a, a total shot in the dark. Your feelings... Do you think Bill Belichick will coach again in the NFL? No, I think it's starting to look that way. Uh, I just—that's a guess. I mean, I'll tell you, uh, my, uh, you know, on somewhat quasi-educated guess. Uh, I think the chances are uh, slightly more than fifty percent that he won't coach uh, anymore. I, uh, and uh, uh, he'll find, you know, he'd be a welcome voice on television. He would be, and, and he bring just think what he would bring to the table. That he is the most football person that has ever coached in the league. By that I mean no one, no coach in the league has ever known more about football history than him. And nobody has ever been so thoroughly immersed in coach and football from childhood because, you know, he was the son of a coach, as you know, at Navy, mm-hmm. and, and was precocious. And I say he knows more about Paul Brown than Mike Brown does. He knows everything about the history of this league. He knows everything about every position and every nuance and technique about every position, how to play it. Uh, and, and he can express himself very well in that regard. But to uh, answer your question, I'm betting no. Okay. Bobby, thank you so much. Appreciate it. We'll you, talk soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bob Ryan, quintessential American sports writer. We will take a break, come back, email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. such an honor it's a great honor the university of missouri marching band playing the email theme it's it's just wonderful makes me smile every time how about the bethesda bagel ad bethesda bagels also makes me smile every time just go to bethesdabagels.com for the location in the dc area nearest you then pop on in my friend and you will be thrilled that's it for us today before we get to the mail we have, let me say well no one told me about her the way she lied no one told me about her how many people cried but it's too late to say you're sorry how would i know Why should I care? Please don't bother trying to find her. She's not there. It's the first big hit, probably the biggest hit, by the Zombies, a group that I liked a lot. And that's a really good song. And I've seen. I've seen them. Thanks. I didn't know where I saw them. It was in (laughs) D.C. I didn't know the name of the joint, though. It was the Lincoln, apparently. Thanks to our guests today, Taylor Twelman, Bob Ryan. Thanks to today's sponsors. 
Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. To get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Okay. So we got email about the missing tooth from Wayne Mossman. Did you miss the little sign in front of the candy dish, which read Swedish fish brought to you by Dr. Ryan Barnhart, DDS? <laughs> also, can we agree that flush the mouse should be part of the sports lexicon, indicating an extreme state of panic under duress, as in the kid only had to hit one of his two free throws at the end to seal the win, but then flush the mouse? <laughs> Ending their hopes of an upset. That's a brilliant email. Yes. Flushed Please the mouse. Put How that in the lexicon. great is that? Josh Cromwell, Moselle, Mississippi. If Swedish fish are now taking out your teeth, it might be time for Michael to call ahead to Ingleside and request some extra pudding cups for your room. From Mark Graff in Hill Air Force Base in Utah. Hey, Grandpa, how much does a tooth fairy bring someone at your age? One million dollars in tens. From Shad, saltwater taffy, Swedish fish, licorice and licorice and the dreaded jujubes. Yeah, jujubes. Good. Oh, no, no, no. No, those are right. Milk now. duds too. No, no, can't. No caramel. I love caramel. No, it's gone. can't do it. Um, Jim Downey, Lake Orion or Lake Orion, Michigan. We never know. I never know. Doctor Tony, thanks for the update on the old age proverb: a Swedish fish a day will ensure that Cigna Delta Cigna Dental doesn't pay. <laughs> From no Frank love for Kelly. the Swedish fish right now. No, oh, Frank Kelly in Situate, uh, Massachusetts. Your recent run in getting your mouth hooked by a Swedish fish reminded me of a similar ep episode I had pre-retirement. For many years, I was a sales rep for that big office supply company that has its name on Fenway's Green Monster, Yankee Stadium, City Field, Nats Park, etc. Most of the eastern U.S. fields. Sorry, Wilbon, it's not in the Ivy yet. One day, as I was leaving the office for the day's appointments, I stuck my XL golf glove-sized paw in the receptionist candy jar for something to get me to lunch. A bunch of Tootsie Rolls. Oh, I love Tootsie Rolls. I can't eat them now. I toss two or three in my mouth and start my drive to Boston when crunch. Like you, I take the candy from my mouth to find a large hunk of silver. I'd yank the filling clean out. From the car, my next call was to my dentist, who was also a customer of mine, who told me to get right over and they'd fit me in and take care of it. My drive to his office was full of me calling my other customers, pushing back the schedule. I think every one of them laughed when I explained why. I'd like to say that was the last time. I grabbed a paw full of candy on my way out the office door, but I don't want to lie on an international podcast. <laughs> Trust me, you'll be back on the Swedish fish again someday. I'm sure. From Len Rubin in East Hampton, New York. So I heard your Swedish fish tale, and once again, I was struck by our seemingly continuing parallel lives. Last year, I bit down on a luscious juji fruit. Yeah, Oof. yeah. I'm sure you know what they are. And out came one of my crowns, probably not an uncommon event for people over 70. I didn't toss it, so I was able to present it to a dentist, to the stars out here in East Hampton. He told me the crown was irretrievable, but that he could fix me up just fine for a mere $10,000. I thought it would be wise to seek another opinion, and lo and behold, was able to find a very competent dentist in the city who managed to put the crown back in, and I am happy to report it's still there. Almost as good as you having a guy you can call on a Saturday to get your tooth fixed. I have not, however, been able to completely give up the Juji fruits. They're just too good. <laughs> Juji fruits, now we're entering Seinfeld territory. Yeah. <laughs> From Coy Nichols. T-Boy? Whoppers? After all these years, I didn't know, I didn't even know you, man. I feel like Jim Morrow. Whoppers? Whoppers? <laughs> People don't know Whoppers? Yeah, well, you... Malted milk balls. I'm maybe unsure that you were a fan of them. Love Whoppers. Yeah. From Drew Lowry and Chevy Chase. I know you stuck for a happy anniversary announcement. I thought I'd help with the following. Happy anniversary to Danny Hurley at the UConn game, who two years ago managed to get tossed from a game. Isn't that great? Believe it or not, UConn won the game, as opposed to last night when those choking dogs folded in half and lost by 19 points. Happy trails to the show ever mentioning UConn again, ever. If they win the tournament, then you can read about it on the crawl, because they're dead to me. You want a big finish? Here's your big finish. Red Swedish fish. They're finished forever. If people ever mention red Swedish fish, then you'll end up in the dumpster with all the other red Swedish fish. And while you're in the dumpster, see if you can find my tooth. We're out of time. Maybe we'll try to do better next time. Maybe not. That's like that's a brilliant email, is it not? That, that really is, a is. Brilliant email. Well Let's done. Do um, I got sent this by Chris Rampey. It's it's the cover of a new uh, imagined. Taylor Swift album. Oh, the, the travesty, travesty album? T-R-A-V-I-S-T-Y. <laughs> yeah, travesty. Has to uh, happen. Patrick Sitter, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Again. Enough about Wayne Gretzky. Could we go back to talking about Patrick Sitter? <laughs> um, okay. From, from Tony Beeson, who is Anthony Beeson, obviously. Yes. Dear Anthony Kornheiser, as a fellow Anthony, recent discussions have led me to recall the origin of my name. 
Let's travel back in time, shall we? To the year 1788. A young Irishman named Ferguson Fergus Clements, along with his young bride Elizabeth, ventured forth from the Emerald Isle in search of a better life in America. Arriving on the east coast of the recently victorious colonies, young Fergus abandoned all good sense, and instead of traveling north or south on I-95, <laughs> they traveled west on flatboats along the Ohio River until they settled in the Cincinnati area, establishing an encampment known as Round Bottom. I have no idea if this was a commentary regarding Fergus or Liz and their respective posteriors, but, B-U-T-T, I've been told it had more to do with a bend in the river near their homestead. Round Bottom Road remains in use to this day on Cincinnati's east side. Fergus and Liz are considered the founders of Terrace Park, Ohio. Anyway, the native peoples of the area were not amused by the Clements or Clements family body shapes, nor their presence on what they considered to be their lands. Young Fergus was ambushed and shot through with arrows. Whoops. Elizabeth, now widowed, escaped north into Warren County, Ohio, with their surviving nine children. The Clements family survived under the protection of General Mad Anthony Wayne. I remember him from history books, who had been dispatched by President Washington to restore peace to the region. In gratitude, the Clements family started a tradition with each generation, naming a child, a masculine child, with the name Anthony. My maternal great-grandfather was named Anthony Clements. His uncle had been an Anthony. My maternal grandfather was named Frank Anthony Clements. And I am Anthony Lewis Beeson, my mother's maiden name being Clements. So that is my story on how I got to be an Anthony. What is yours? Mine is ridiculous. Mine is ridiculous. Um, I was born, you know, sufficiently after World War II, and my father um, decided that I should be named Anthony after the uh, Prime Minister of Britain, Anthony Eden. Anthony and that's Eden. how I got it. Anthony, okay. I had to be named A. I had, a, I had to have an A name, and, and they picked Anthony, which is crazy. P.S. We have a son named Paul Anthony Beeson. I, yeah, nobody in my family was ever shot through with with death arrow, with, with arrows. arrows. Bad stuff happened, but not, not that. <laughs> Paul and his wife Jennifer are expecting their first child, which is our first grandchild in June of this year. A recent ultrasound has confirmed that we are expecting a grandson. What should his name be? No pressure. I have told Paul the above story, but we will leave the choice to the parents. <laughs> they have not tipped their hand at this time, but I am guessing Taylor Swift Beeson is near the top of the list <laughs> since Jennifer is a Swifty and Taylor is gender neutral. Tony Beeson, what do you think of that? Taylor Swift Beeson, sure. For a boy? I don't think so. I don't think that's a good one. There were people Just who remember, Bobby. Grandpa Tony's number one rule, avoid a name that ends in ER. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, those sort of 16th century British workaround names. But Michael yep. can Walker, confirm this. Baker. There yep, were people, Walker, number one, that was a good phone call after he was born. There were, <laughs> there were people who named their children Khaleesi after Game of Thrones characters. Uh, yeah, there's always these great lists really? about uh, yes. you know about names five years later that you regret. Yeah, Jon Snow, Khaleesi, like it's like what you, it's just you a doing? show. Yeah, just insanity. What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> did anybody name their kid the Americans? <laughs> the yeah, my first name is the the Americans. All right, uh, if you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. You remember when I told you I'd do anything for you? This is anything. Till I no longer care 
of pain Respite from worrying A place A place in my dreams Where we and all our kin Can slow our hurrying At least that's what I had in I can't see one I know 